Dental Student Vibes, where it's all about the good vibes. I'm your host, Seth Kalish, and today I have Matt Havis, George Jerakis, and Anthony Wallish. And we have an awesome interview with Jordan Brown, aka Dr. Skylark. You may have seen him on Instagram, at dr.skylark. Jordan is a fourth-year dental student at the University of Michigan School of Dentistry. He is best known for his Instagram name, at dr.skylark, and he just recently authored a book titled Plaque Masters Academy, where he described how he earned a full scholarship to dental school without the military. Besides being active on social media, Jordan was also a graduate student resident advisor during his third year of dental school, so he not only had tuition covered and a monthly stipend, but then he also had free housing. So basically, he was getting paid to go to school. Let's welcome Jordan, a.k.a. Dr. Skylark, to the podcast. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes and share this podcast with one of your friends today. I hope you guys enjoy. All right, I have got Jordan Brown with us today, a.k.a. Dr. Skylark. How are you doing today? Living the dream, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. So, Jordan, you are currently a fourth-year dental student at University of Michigan. How uh, how how has your experience been there? Uh, overall, I think the experience has been pretty good. Uh, I grew up in Florida, so you know the weather is a little bit different <laughs> from <laughs> Florida to uh, to Michigan. Uh, but overall, like I love it. I couldn't see myself going to uh, to any other school. I'm really happy with my decision to come here. Awesome. Where are you from in Florida? Orlando. So like, Orlando. Yeah, like 30 minutes or so outside of Disney. Yeah. Really? Where outside. I went to? Uh, I lived in Altamont. Oh, where, what what uh, what high school did you go to? Lyman. Oh snap! That's that's your small world. That's crazy. Yeah. Where did you go? I went to a uh, Timber Creek High School. Timber Creek. Oh yeah, I remember those lacrosse games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. man. Small world. So can you uh, kind of Tell everyone your journey uh, from, you know, right when you started applying to dental school up mm-hmm. until about this point. Okay. So I was trying to figure out which schools I wanted to go to. Uh, wasn't too keen on going back to Florida. Long story short, my parents ended up moving to Maryland. And so um, since they were already gone there, I didn't really see a need to apply to Florida schools because they weren't there. Um, and really, I was just looking for a school that would give me the best opportunity for growth. So I applied, I, uh, I applied pretty, uh, pretty broadly, I would say, eight, eight or so schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just pretty much scattered across the United States, but um, ultimately ended up going to Michigan. I had some good buddies that were already here at the school, and I figured that, hey, if they went to the same undergrad as me, and they can make, make it through the school and the curriculum, then shoot, I probably can too. Right. So you went to Michigan for undergrad as well? No. So actually, I graduated from Morehouse College. It's a oh. it's a small liberal arts all male school in uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. How was uh being at an all all boys school versus you know going to like a huge school yeah. like Michigan? <laughs> yeah, that was definitely going to be that was definitely something I was kind of worried about uh, being in in high school. It's like. Um, I didn't know what it would be like just having all guys around, but honestly, it wasn't that bad. Um, the school, how it's located, that there's an all-women school, basically 
right next door to it. So it's not like I never saw women like they had we were able to take classes at each other's school. So I saw women basically every day in my classes uh, and such. But I mean, besides that, it was it was awesome, you know. Being a being a guy in undergrad, you know, you don't have to shower every day because you're you're basically seeing other guys. So yeah. you know, it, was, it was cool. All right, so so give me a little bit about um about your dental school application process. So you you applied to eight schools. I feel like that's pretty average. I think like most people apply like around ten or so, like five to ten, right? Yeah. And just to like, cause you know, you want you want to have some sort of backup plan. Mm-hmm. So. Um, tell me about like, how did you, uh, start studying for the DAT? Do you remember what you use? I know it was a few years ago for you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely remember. Uh, biggest thing for me was, um, DAT destroyer. That thing was like God sent, um, especially the OKIM section. Mm-hmm. The questions found in there are 10 times harder than the actual exam. But I mean, if you can do the ones in there, then you can definitely do the ones on the actual test. Uh, that was a big one. Uh, for bio, I used Cliff's AP Bio. I'm not sure if people use still use that one, but basically it's like for high school AP exams. It's pretty comprehensive in terms of uh, basically everything biology. Uh, I used Chad's videos, pretty popular one. Right. Um, and then when I was an, when I was an undergrad, we had um, kind of one of our faculty members offered a free DAT prep class via Kaplan. Um, so I did that one the semester before I started actually studying, studying. And that one was moderately helpful for learning how to actually take the exam, um, but not so helpful in actually learning the content, I would say. <laughs> right. I yeah. feel like a lot of people have had that experience with that. Yeah. I actually took the free cap one too. And yeah. uh, I agree. I think you uh, summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, but basically, yeah, those three, four things there. Yeah, those are those are uh, those are all good ones. Did you use any like uh, computer programs like DAT Bootcamp, anything like that? Uh, let's see. I used uh, I used Crack the PAT way back when. I'm not I'm not sure if it, that one's even still around nowadays. But my, one of my faculty members, she was big in getting us into dental school, and so she gave us like a free promo code. Uh, for the application, it was like $99 back in the day, and mm-hmm. that for free. And I mean, pretty much just use that one. I think nowadays people use like PAT Booster uh, for PAT stuff, but yeah, that was pretty much all I used. Gotcha. So, took the DAT, applied. How about now? You're starting to get interviews. What's going on with that? How did how did that all play out for you? Yeah, so one major thing is that when you start interviewing at schools, it is expensive. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, you guys, you guys probably know this. It's just the applications, a couple hundred bucks there. Then you have your secondary applications. Then you have to fly across the country, stay at hotels. So uh, what I ended up doing was since I was able to schedule most of my interviews, I ended up just doing, like, one pretty big interview tour where I knocked out, like, all my interviews in one week. So me and my mom, I think we just flew to, we knocked at least a few of them. We flew to like uh, Maryland area or something around there and just hit four or five of my interviews just in one week. Uh, That way I could, you know, get back to school um, and all that. But yeah, that's kind of what the interview process is like. Solid. So how were the, um, how were all like the the actual interviews where you had like group interviews, just one-on-one? Yeah, there was kind of a, a variety of them. Uh, Michigan, we have like a multiple mini interview. 
So Michigan's pretty pretty nerve wracking, I would say, because they take you down to our our sim lab, and basically it's uh, several short like ten minute interviews where you'll talk with one person, um, and then you'll immediately go to the next person, then the next person, and it's a room with everyone in there, and so you'll have like a little prompt on your on your on on a little card they'll give you. And then you'll start reading it, and whenever you're ready to respond, you just start talking. Well, if you're in a room with, you know, 20, 30 other candidates, and it's a room full of people, a room full of people, you'll start hearing other people talk before you're ready, and that just kind of throws you off, and you get nervous and sweaty. And Dang. <laughs> Michigan in itself was, I think, one of my tougher ones, but it was also enjoyable. Um, a few of my other ones were one-on-one. I found two-on-one interviews were a lot harder. Because you have two people to talk to, you have to like make sure you're getting eye contact with both of them. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly two on. Or I had mainly one on one interviews and a few two on one. Right. That that is crazy. I could not imagine that experience. Multiple mini interviews right. with a room full of people. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like speed dating. You press a button and then yeah. you jump to the next seat over. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly what it's like. That's speed dating. <laughs> So now, like, how early in the cycle did you apply to dental school? Because everyone always says, like, you know, the early bird gets the worm. Apply, like, yeah. super early. Did you apply, like, as soon as the cycle started and the applications came out? That was the goal, and that's what I kind of recommend to pre-dental students. I ended up submitting, I think, first week of July. So not, like, the first or second batch, but I think I was maybe, like, the fourth or fifth batch maybe that kind of uh, went out. Um big thing is that we after you submit your application it takes like what four to six weeks for it to process and transcripts and all that so um so yeah first week of july okay solid and from there how long did it take for you to get the interview after you sent in the primary uh i don't remember when the interview was but i was in all of my interviews were definitely before december and then all except one and then i ended up just getting my acceptances um most of them on december 1st so i think most of them were around october October. yeah very nice so just like to kind of go off of that um how were your you don't have to tell me but what how were your grades and everything were you struggling in any particular areas yeah i mean i'm i'm all for transparency guys like i've i literally have nothing to nothing to hide or anything so yeah you guys can you know have free reign to ask me anything uh undergrad my gpa was i think fairly solid i had a three eight uh cumulative i think like a three seven science or something like that that was a little while ago but general numbers around there big thing for me is g chem was my worst subject uh our faculty or my yeah my professor that i had in undergrad he like went to harvard and he had like uh, he worked on like the los alamos project like the atomic bomb stuff so oh, wow. he, was just, he was just ridiculous in, in how hard he made uh classes but so basically for g chem i had to teach it all teach myself all general chemistry um but no that was by far my my toughest class um ever in undergrad mm-hmm. so I mean that. I mean that's a really competitive score, GPA. So yeah. <laughs> what would you What would you tell like somebody with like a three, just kind of on the verge, you know, 3.0, 3.2? What advice would you give them? The biggest thing is that you don't need to have a 4.0. You don't even need to have a 
five to get into dental school because dental schools, ideally what they want is a well-rounded applicant. So if your GPA, if you think it may be on the lower side, then just beef it up with beef up your application with more like extracurriculars, you know, go for, you know, one of the leadership positions in your pre-dental society, beef it up with like an externship or something. Um, because if you just have a high GPA, you know, and a high DAT, high DAT score, you know, schools don't want that either. They want to see character because at the end of the day, when you're treating patients, no one really cares about, you know, um, how smart you are or, or the science background behind it. You know, they, they want to know that you're able to communicate with patients. Um, and so I know people at Michigan, I know some of my classmates um, had, you know, 3.1s, 3.2s um, on their GPA for undergrad. And, you know, they're at, they're at Michigan. So the biggest thing is just go for a well-rounded application. Don't count yourself out just because you think your GPA is in like a 3.9 or 4.0. Cause the biggest thing is just applying early. That's going to skyrocket your chances of getting, uh, accepted. Right. That's uh that's some great advice there. And I, I like, uh, the phrase you use beef it up. So Jordan, um, so you go through the application process, you get accepted to Michigan, you go through your first year. Tell me what that's like. How was uh, going through your first year from undergrad to actual, you know, dental school? Yeah, first year was uh, was tough. So for me, my undergrad school, it was uh, it was all male. It was predominantly African American. So I identify I I identify as a black male. Um, and so for undergrad, it was not really or the demographics of my undergrad wasn't really representative of the United States, you know, because the U.S. really is a melting pot, whereas my undergrad was basically all-male school, all-black students, and it's identified as a, or I should say, categorized as a historically black college and university. And so for me, it was like, well, I did well at my undergrad there, but, you know, does that, how does that stack up against, you know, the rest of the world, you know, since that was just such a select uh, population, I suppose, down there. Um, So going to my first year, I kind of had I don't know, fire under my butt to just do well. Um, but first year, it was definitely a struggle. I mean, when you go from taking 18 credits a semester to like 20 plus with all science classes, it's tough. Um, but I mean, you get through it. You know, most people do. Um, I ended up just modifying my study my study habits from undergrad. And, uh, and yeah, but no, a lot of sleepless nights and I started drinking coffee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so um what you said you modified your study habits so what uh what study habits did you really change and what really works well for you yeah so for me biggest thing is when i was an undergrad i used to go to lecture i'd you know sit in the front row um i would record the lectures like on my phone and then i would go home and like transcribe the notes and make sure i got every single word down um but when i got to dental school and you're taking, you know, all these classes, there's no way you have time to do any of that. Um, so what I started doing was I started just studying off the PowerPoints because usually they just put high yield information on the PowerPoints, at least at Michigan. And so mm-hmm. I would study um, based on high yield facts. Um, and then for me, I found that I don't learn while being present in lecture. I learn best from on my own watching a recording um, online because our school does like recorded lectures. Um, so if the school doesn't have, or if, our, if a class doesn't have um, mandatory attendance, 
I won't go because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't learn like that, you know. Yeah, um, it's nice though that you get to stay. Or where where do you study? You stay home, or you go to like Starbucks or something like that? Uh, I used to go to the library. I think my first year, but now I just study at home. I have a I have a desk in my apartment. I have like a TV screen that I hook up my laptop to, so I'm able to like multitask and have like the lecture open, like my notes on another side. But long story short, I basically changed my studying habits from making these long drawn out study guides um, to just basically studying off the PowerPoint and not going to lecture and studying it on my own at home. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Well, do you have any advice for people that have to attend classes? (laughs) (laughs) You don't have that option. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that don't feel pressured. Uh, it's like, don't feel pressured to, I don't know, I'll, 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 if you have to go to class, I mean, don't feel pressured to sit there and try to focus on the material if that's not how you learn. So if you want to like look over your notes for another class and just put your headphones on the back and focus on another class because you're not learning while in the present lecture, then go for that. You know, it's not everyone, like my mom almost like shamed me for not going to class, but she's kind of old school where old school where you have to be in class, you have to learn, you should be there to ask questions. Where if, for me, that didn't work because I would fall asleep. I would, wouldn't pay attention. I'd go on Facebook and I was like, if I'm not learning while I'm here, then that's just a waste of my time, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, just maybe study for another class if you're not focusing or <laughs> someone, like, ask your friend to sign you into class if you can. Like. Right. <laughs> We've all been there, done that, yeah. fallen asleep a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. um, if you had to boil it down to one piece of, of advice for pre-dental students, what would you say to them going into their first year of uh, dental school? Uh, uh, I would say whatever hobby you have whatever you're passionate about outside of school keep doing that if you like going if you like swimming if you like working out if you like painting whatever that is keep doing it just you have time you're gonna feel overwhelmed especially when you first start classes Um, but what I recommend is just setting a time in your schedule to do those things and uh, treat it like a class so if you have you know pathology at 9 a.m. and you have to be there you're going to go there because it's in your schedule and you have to go. Well, if you really like painting and you want to keep doing that during dental school, set a time in your schedule to do it. 7 p.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 7 to 8, I will be painting. And just work that around your schedule and don't think of it as optional because if you don't have an outlet you know, during dental school, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Right. That's uh, that's some great advice. I, I really I totally agree with you about trying to keep your work-life balance really you know, you got you to use time management and be able to have things that you want to do on your own, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, like, tell me how your your Instagram account got started and how you became Dr. Skylark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I had it in undergrad, um, and I don't know, I posted, I would post, like, uh, mainly gym stuff way back when I – when I got started, um, but then eventually I, I saw other kind of dental student accounts. Like I saw Pat the dentist back when he was like a pre-dental student, 
and I was like, that was, this is this is pretty cool what people are doing. But I realized that no one from the University of Michigan was doing it. And I was, as a pre dental student, I remember trying to find people, uh, find someone at the University of Michigan, find a student there where I could see what the life is like, you know, as they go through day to day classes and labs and stuff. But I couldn't find anything. So I was like, well, shoot, I'm a dental student here. And I know other dental students are interested in, you know, what goes on at Michigan. So I figured I'd say, hey, you know, let me just start posting uh, dental-related stuff, and it kind of just uh, took off from there. Yeah, I mean, your account is looking—it's looking awesome. You've got a lot of good content. Uh, let's get to the real topic here. What's your uh, what's your workout program? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right now I know I kind of switched it up. Um, I do pretty much full body now oh yeah um, i like full body like five five or so times uh, a week um and i don't do like the same thing uh every day but i kind of like i'll do maybe uh bicep curls one day and then, like barbell curls the next day um and then overall i just kind of mix it up biggest thing is just consistency you know you don't have to go every single day in dental school and i just go five days a week because i enjoy it um, but you know, if you can get a three day, three days a week, work, three day a week workout in for, you know, 30 minutes, that's, that's plenty to stay active. Right. How important would you say it is being a dental student, all like constantly exercising your brain? How good is it to like go out and, you know, just get physical, just burn off some energy physically? Yeah, I, I would say it's, it's even more important than when you were an undergrad, because you guys know, like the freshman 15 was fatal in undergrad. And then when you get to dental school, you have twice as many classes and then twice as many lunch and learns. So, you and know, then twice as much yeah. weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you don't, even if you don't have a gym to go to, like you can do a home workout, you know, just wake up maybe 30 minutes earlier, do a few push ups, do a few jumping jacks, like just get the blood flowing, you know, throughout your body. Because, um, I don't know, for me, it's, it's a great outlet. You know, everyone's a little bit different, but. I think that especially with dentistry and ergonomics and staying healthy for the long or long for the longevity of your career, I think it's it's super important. Jordan, you ever try uh, doing um, your studying on a treadmill or like a stairmaster or something like that? Uh, I tried to. I know a few of my classmates will like walk on the treadmill and and watch notes or do panopto or that's just our our lecture recordings. Um, but honestly, I hate cardio, so I never do. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes cardio? Yeah, no one church. likes it, but uh, <laughs> I find that after uh, I do my lift, I like to do the, I like to do a treadmill or something because when I, I feel like I have the more blood flow, I just feel like I remember things afterwards. Yeah. No, I used to, I used to just like walk on a treadmill after my workouts for like 10, 15 minutes, and usually during that time, I'll listen to podcasts on or. Uh, or watch like uh, YouTube videos or something. Right, I got you. And that's funny that you brought up the um, the lunch and learns because nobody ever talks about that. That <laughs> would mess up your diet in one second. Oh, like we <laughs> dinner, like last night we we had catered carabas oh to like a God, to a perio laser <laughs> surgery meeting. We're like, dang. And then not only do we have the lunch and learns, but then you take home like a full tray of food if you stay oh. later. Start talking. To people. Yeah. So I've got like like six or seven pounds of pasta in my fridge that I don't need. <laughs> Bring it over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one time we had a lunch and learn for uh for had I don't know, do you guys have Jets Pizza over there? Yeah, we yeah, do yeah. actually. Yeah, they had they had Jets Pizza and 
I was it was like the middle of the day. I ended up eating like six slices of pizza because it was just it was so fresh. And for whatever reason, not that many people went to this lunch and learn, so I took I got to take a whole box of it home. Oh, that that's awesome! Good. It was crazy. It was awesome. It's awesome. God, what do your uh, what do your macros look like since we're on oh, top? Yeah, are you are you tracking your diet and everything? Yeah, I mean, yeah, usually, um, I guess well, I just most people usually don't track. I track just because I like having the consistency of knowing what I'm eating. So my macros right now are a little under 2,000 calories a day. I guess for my genetics, I hold on to weight super easily, so mm. it's super easy for me to gain weight. And if I'm cutting, I really have to cut them pretty drastically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now I'm like 2000 calories a day around like 220 grams of protein carbs are around 150 or so. And then fats is like 60 grams. And I have like, right. I, I have like one cheat meal uh, a week now. That's solid. Mm-hmm. What, uh, how much do you weigh right now? I'm 211. I think. Yeah. I usually weigh okay. myself every morning. So I have 211, 2000 calories. That's like, you're, that's all you're pretty lean there. Oh, He's a unit. Uh, on a good day, like 5'10". <laughs> okay. What about your do you, uh, <laughs> do you Do you follow any specific diet? Like, do you do an IFYM? Do you do, um, you know, like specific carbs that you like to... Carb cycle. Yeah. yeah. Do you follow anything like that? Uh, Intermittent no, fasting? So I'm big on promoting, like, a sustainable lifestyle instead of just doing, like, a crash diet. Mm-hmm. I know keto is super popular. Like keto's uh, tough, right though. Yeah, the thing is, keto, it's great to start because you'll do it, you'll lose, like, 10 pounds in, like, three days, and then mm-hmm. steadily, because that's just, like, water weight from you not eating carbs, and it's going to kind of plateau, you know, after a week or so, and then it gets discouraging, and, and that, and then as soon as you eat a carb, all your weight's back, and that lifestyle just really isn't sustainable. So, right now, I eat a more or less pretty balanced diet. Um, I would say after my protein, carbs are maybe, I don't know, 30 to... 40% of my total calories and then fat is like 25 to 30% too. And then protein is just the rest. Right. Okay. That's solid. Um, so, okay. So you've got your Instagram account. I mean, you, you post all your fitness pictures. It's awesome. You know, and I know you're working on a lot of stuff. So tell me a little bit about your ebook. I know you yeah. posted on there about your ebook. Yeah. So when I was a pre dental student, Let's see. I don't know. Five. No, how do you over that? Maybe like eight years ago when I was a pre when I was a pre dental student. Um, the, it was during a summer internship. They told us about the National Health Service Corps uh, scholarship program. And back then, and back then I was like, hey, what's what's that? You know. And essentially, what it is is it's a federally run program that will fully finance your dental school, medical medical school, nursing. Um, education and in exchange you'll just commit um, X years of time uh, to work in an underserved community after graduation so for me I applied after my first year and so it would be three years of scholarship for three years of service in a community health center um, and I realized that when I was a D1 or D2 a lot of people didn't know about the scholarship program and with the rising costs of tuition um, across the United States where, you know, some schools you have to take out, you know, nearly half a million dollars in loans to cover tuition. I figured that I would just uh, write a book to essentially just raise awareness about the program and debunk any myths about it. Because at first, 
sound National Health Service Corps. It sounds kind of like the military, you know, Health Corps. It sounds like it'll be shipped off in the middle of Utah somewhere or right. something. But <laughs> but uh, with the program, you choose the practice you go to. I'm planning on returning to Tampa, Florida, you know, and that's not really rural at all. The purpose of the program is just to increase access to care to people that don't have um, that don't have that access. And so that can look like a variety of different settings. Last I checked, they had they had qualified qualifying sites in like Los Angeles, Harlem, New York, Tampa, Florida. So it's it's a program that we want to raise awareness for that people uh, didn't know about at all. So Tampa, huh? That's that's basically where we're at. So come say what's up. Yeah, right. <laughs> so so how did you end up deciding on Tampa? Is it did they kind of just assign it to you or? Yeah, so it's kind of nice is that I get to pick where I want to practice. And so when you're a fourth year student, you are paired with like a regional advisor that helps you find which practice you want to uh, practice in. Um, for me, I only listed, they, they asked me to list three states, but I just listed Florida three times because <laughs> that's, that's where I want to go. Um, uh, but the Tampa area I really like because I was looking into a residency at the University of Florida down there, and then um, they had a lot of qualifying sites down there as well. So I figured, hey, if I can, um, if I can do my residency there and then just stay there for my commitment, that might be, you know, really, really awesome. Right. Wow. So how can listeners sign up for the NHSC? Yeah. So um, it's it's an application process that you have to go through. Um, it's, it's really easy. It's three essay questions. There's no interview. Um, and you just have to upload like your personal statement, um, CV, get your letters of rec. Um, I think the application opens in May or so. Um, and you can apply either as a pre-dental student or as a dental student. So it's a, uh, you just have, if you're a pre-dental student, you just have to have, your acceptance in hand um, to apply for it. Okay. So so you were saying that you upload like your personal statement. Is that what you use for dental school or did you have to make a, a, a you know, completely separate one? Uh, well, so part of the application is actually, it's just three essay questions. So okay. I wrote uh, I wrote new essay questions for, okay. for this one, yeah. So really, it doesn't sound like a painstaking process where it took you forever to do. You know, I'm sure you, you knocked out those questions relatively quick. You know, I mean, how, like, is there a time frame? Like, when do you apply, like, in, in the cycle? Like, I mean, was it, like, an, a concurrent with, like, the dental school application cycle? Yeah, so the essay questions, I think they're really short. I think they're only, like, 500 words each or so. But I think it almost makes it harder because you want to make sure every word is impactful. You know, okay. so I, I worked, I think I worked for probably one one to two months on the essays. Oh, just wow. Because, okay. Yeah, every also, word impactful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Every word needs to mean something. Dang. It's um, intense. But, uh, yeah, for the for the scholarship, you just have to have your acceptance in your in your hand before you apply for it. So if you're a pre-dental student, you would apply for it uh, uh, after December 1st if you made that wave of acceptances. I think it usually opens in, like, May. And the essay questions, they're pretty much the same every year, the same three ones. And they're on their website. If you just go on, like, the NH, NHSC 
scholarship program uh, website and look at their handbook online. The rest of your questions should be uh, in that document. Um, but uh, yeah, you just you can just and I think it opens in like May, so you just apply for it um, then. Right. I think that's a honestly that's a great topic for your ebook. So how can uh, listeners get your ebook? Yeah, for sure. If you just want to send me a DM on Instagram, I'd be more than happy to send uh, your listeners a uh, link to it. And again, the Instagram or my Instagram name is at uh, symbol and then D R dot S K Y L A R K. So Dr. Skylark. Awesome. Awesome. Young money Skylark. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, do you have an accomplishment that you're most proud of during dental school? It can literally be anything. Yeah, I think it was it was this past semester, actually. So I had one patient who um, ended up losing all of her teeth to leukemia. And she was she's, you know, an older, older female. And she presented to me with an old denture she had. Um, and it was just the occlusion was off when she smiled, the, the lip line was all off and it was just an old, you know, old tattered, uh, denture. And so, um, we went through the process of making her a new one. It's a really straightforward thing. You know, it's not an over denture, it's not implants, something crazy like that. Um, and when we finished her conventional upper lower denture, she, you know, she smiled, she teared up a bit and she said, you know, you gave me my genuine smile back. And I think that right there just, it made it actually, actually worth going through all the painstaking classes. Yeah, that's a great feeling. That's an incredible uh, story to have to, to tell, you know, all of our listeners. I, uh, I, I, I can agree with that because when we took our dentures course, I wasn't really into it. I was like, this is just bizarre. Like how you do everything, the different types of occlusion. It was just so different. Yeah. But then we got in a clinic. So we took that class last December. Mm-hmm. And then we got into the clinic this summer and then, you know, you're giving your patient or whatever. And we actually made this denture. And then my, like my patient, this woman, she really just appreciated it. And it gave me such a fulfilling feeling. Like you really yeah. in, in, like enjoy the, like just the smile that people have. Cause you actually created a, like a smile for them, Absolutely. you know, and we personalized that, that smile just to them. So, I mean, what a, what an experience though. So I, I, I from that, I can attest like, dentures are pretty it's cool you know it might not be like you know the most you know recommended treatment you know there's other things you could do but for somebody's you know uh i guess uh financial means it's a great yeah exactly so so speaking about clinic uh we're currently second years we're going to be going in in less than 12 months uh do you have any uh advice for us about um i don't know anything in clinic honestly yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is just work on being time efficient. Um, so for me, at least, I'll get to clinic early. I'll set up all my instruments um, in the order I want to use them. I'll have my treatment note pretty much already written out. Um, I, I'll most likely change a few things here and there in, in the treatment note, but I have that pretty much all written out. Um, I try to get my patient, I try to be the first person to get my patient out the lobby. Um, because for us, we have to wait till faculty shows up before we can bring our patient back. Um, and just from a patient standpoint, if your appointment's at, you know, 1.30, you don't want to be sitting around the lobby, 
seeing everyone else get called back, and then you're dumping finally Moses in around you know 145 to bring me back. So and so what I do is I try to be like the first person out there. Um, and when you go get your patient, some people just like open the door, yell at the patient, "Hey Jordan, you know, come on back." I like to walk out the door. I'll walk all the way up to them and I'll say, you know, hey, you know, Jordan, you know, you can ready, you can come on back. Um, it just gives adds that personal touch rather than just kind of yelling out in the lobby for your patient. Um, and then they, I think they appreciate, you know, being one of the first people called back. You're already ready to go. Um, and then also, you know, just make sure you do your homework. If you're doing a crown that day, uh, when you're presenting to your faculty, just let them know, you know what you're doing. So, yeah, I plan to, you know, prepare the tooth with this reduction, whatever, two millimeters occlusal, whatever you're doing. Um, and then, yeah. And then right. big thing is, yeah, big thing is if you're doing like composite restorations, um, at first you're going to be slower because it's new to you, but focus really on performing quadrant dentistry. So meaning if you have, if the patient has decay on T3, 4, and 5, work on, you know, doing all those in one visits, you know, patients don't like getting, you know, shot in the mouth with, with needles, um, no matter how good you are. So really focus on being able to perform, you know, all the restorative needs a patient has, um, in whatever quadrant they're working on in, in one visit. That's, that's awesome advice. That's really definitely going to do, do that. What you just said. Um, so I think that, you know, one of the things that we're a little bit nervous about is, you know, your first procedure. So like, you know, the first procedure that you do uh, on a live patient, you know, we've done profies and stuff. But so when you had like, let's say a crown on number 30, would you go in the sim lab and practice on a plastic tooth first or something like that? Or, uh, or you just hop right into it? I, ne I never did. I mean, with dentistry, this this may sound kind of bad, but at the end of the day, it's it's just teeth, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's 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 they're just teeth. I mean, you're not gonna, you shouldn't, you know, kill anyone from from doing a, a crown prep or anything. If you're really nervous about it, yeah, you can practice ahead of time. But honestly, most of the time, I just kind of dove right in and was like, hey, guess we're doing a crown today, so let's do it. Right, Jordan, uh, you seem pretty optimistic, and I I like that, but um. In a situation where, let's say, things don't go as planned uh, when you're working on a patient or something happens, mm -hmm. how, how do you compose yourself? How do, how do you handle the situation? Yeah, so I guess during the situation, I try my best to stabilize the patient, whatever is happening. Like if they're in pain um, or if they decay really deep, there's like a nerve exposure or something, stabilize the patient first. Um, and then also confide in like your classmates and your significant other. So like my fiance, whenever... We have, um, whenever I have a tough day in clinic, I'll just call her up because she lives in Ohio and just kind of tell her about my day. That way she can just give me the reassurance. Um, but at the end of the day, just remember that you're a student and you're learning. Um, the entire process of becoming a clinician, becoming a dentist, you have, you're going to make mistakes. You know, mistakes are going to happen. And that's just a part of the learning process. At the end of the day, you're a student and you're learning. And that's kind of just the message I reinforce in myself pretty much on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely important to do now I, one thing i took away from that is you said that your fiance is in ohio is there any rivalries going on between you know the wolverines right. and buckeyes <laughs> no so she is uh she's done with school she went to school in georgia too um but no she just works she works in ohio and so she's uh she's no she's on the michigan michigan uh side for sure 
That's good. You ever you ever well trained? It sounds like. You excited for the game Saturday? You know, Michigan football, they have me nervous, man. I, <laughs> it's a big game against Wisconsin, man. It's going to determine a lot. I mean, the Army game got me nervous. Michigan can't hold on to the football. They, they got <laughs> times. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it was a close win without a doubt. But I think this is going to be uh, definitely I'm, – I'm excited to watch it. I don't know about you. You might be a little more nervous. So do you do you, do you get to all the games then? Because, I mean, dental school is tough and everything. you got a lot of time, like, spent studying, you know, clinic or whatever. But do you still make it to all those games? Uh, I don't go to every game. Uh, I think I had season tickets for the last two years. But this year I, I just blinked out. I forgot to buy the season tickets. Uh, but I've been to pretty much the big games. I've been to Michigan State, been to Ohio State. Um, they've all been disappointing, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've been to I've been to a few games. I'll say maybe like five or so. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. So Jordan, you mentioned briefly that you're considering doing a residency at UF. So what are your what are your thoughts on residency? What do you, what are you into? What residency do you want to go into? What do you think about GPR, AGD, all of that sort of stuff? Sure. So kind of. My end goal is to, I don't know if you guys have heard ever the term super GP. Absolutely. Yeah, so for all your listeners who aren't familiar with super GP, basically it's a general dentist that does basically a whole lot of everything. So endo, implants, prost, um, ortho, all the the nine yards. And so for me, my plan um, is, well, my plan is I apply to mainly the uh, AEGD AEGD programs that would give me the best opportunity to uh, expand my skill set while it's early in my career. Um, I'm more biased to do an AEGD because um, you can learn that skill set. You can have uh, faculty mentors that have been there, have done basically everything under the sun. Um, when compared to doing like uh, just doing CE afterwards, so if you do CE afterwards, one they're super expensive. Like implant courses can easily go up to fifteen, twenty thousand dollars uh, for like a week class of doing implants. Um, and then once you do that CE, you go back and you practice on your own patients, you know. Um, and if you're in a practice that you're going to be at for the next ten to twenty years, you know, this is the people you're going to have to see, you know, pretty much, you know, every few weeks. So I'm more biased to do an AEGD for one, the cost savings of having to learn CE. That's focused on endo, implants, pros, where I can just learn it all basically in one year. Um, but yeah. Okay, so why did you uh, decide to do AGD uh, rather than GPR? Sure. So big thing is that I I don't know if you guys know Dr. Cole Hackett, but he's uh, he did an AEGD at the University of Florida. And he made a great point is that for me and how I want to practice as a clinician, um, I'm going to be in a uh, either community health or practice or private practice based setting. Uh, when you're in a GPR, usually those are hospital based, whereas AEGDs are usually uh, based in like a private practice type clinic. Um, and so for me, I didn't want to spend any time in an operating room during my residency because I will never be in an operating room when I am um, being a clinician or practicing as a dentist. Um, also, if you are doing a GPR, you'll be in a, uh, a hospital type setting where you'll have like uh, different rotations, like you'll rotate through anesthesiology, you'll rotate through 
uh, like the kidney department. And it's like, that's a waste. I mean, for me, it would be a waste of my time because I'm not really interested in anesthesia like that or general anesthesia. I'm not interested in rotating through the kidney department. I want right. to focus on, I want to focus on dentistry. Um, like he had a good example um, where he, he heard, um, I guess one of his colleagues was doing GPR. They were, had a patient in the OR and they had to stop and wait for a cardiac consult to come by. And then they're waiting for like two, three hours. Well, if you're waiting three hours for a cardiac consult and you're in the OR ready to go, it's like, that's three hours wasted of your time, you know? And for me, at least I want to learn more about just being in the, a clinical setting similar to what I'll be in in the future. Right. So can you tell me a little bit about how the um, uh, application process for that goes? Yeah, so I applied to uh, or via the PASS uh, application. It's really similar to dental school where you where you will put in your extracurricular activities. You'll get your letters of rec. You'll write your personal your, you'll you'll write your personal statement, um, and you just pick the schools you want to send them to and hit go. Awesome, awesome. So you think that I mean it? It sounds like you really just want to you want to come back to Florida. So that's why you. Uh, are shooting for Florida, huh? Yeah, but then again, I'm really big on moving where there's opportunity. Like, I grew up in Florida with a Georgia for undergrad. I did internships in, like, California and Chicago. So I've been moving all over the place. Um, and so for me, I'm just where, wherever – because I, I didn't apply to just Florida residencies. I applied to a few other ones in the South, too. Um, but, you know, wherever I get accepted and wherever there's opportunity, I'm willing to move there. Right. So you think you're probably going to uh, practice in Orlando or have you thought about that? Uh, I don't know. I, I still don't know what I'm going to do after I uh, serve my three year commitment. Um, I may. OK, that sounds good. So um, what's your opinion on I know. So you're big on AGD and I, I totally understand um, you know, becoming more prepared. And it, it sounds like it's a better deal than having to take all the expensive CEs. So what's your opinion on students coming out of school and working for like a, in a corporate setting or something like that? Yeah, I think that it's all about going where there's opportunity for your growth. Like, um, I don't recommend going to uh, practice, whether it's private or corporate, where they're just going to give you a quota that you have to hit. Um, I think that a lot of times with either private or corporate, they sometimes will dictate your treatment. Like if it's a three surface, it's automatically a crown or some corporate offices will uh, publish like the production leaders per month. I think uh, things like that I'm not too, too keen on, but if you find either a corporate or private chain where the owner is really investing in your growth, They'll pay for some of your CE, maybe a signing bonus. Um, I think that it could be good, especially with um, student debt, you know, reaching 400K plus when you come out. Corporate dentistry is a gr could be a great way for you to get your speed up before you transition um, into private. Right. So, I mean, I guess you don't really have to worry about uh, student debt, though, right? Yeah. Fortunately, by the grace of God, no. Not yeah. What a, what a relief. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you uh, what do you have on your nightstand right now? What are you reading? I mean, podcast wise, anything you know, like books. Mm -hmm. 
So right now, I started going on Dentaltown a little bit more now. I used to strictly do podcasts, like shared practices. Shared practices is great, yeah. That's, yeah. that's one of my favorite ones. I remember one podcast they had, uh, I don't, yeah, you guys probably heard it, but it was dental students that bought a practice during their third year. Uh-huh. They were running it. That was one yeah. shared practice. That was just incredible. That, that was wild. Yeah. Um, shared practice, one of my favorite podcasts. Um some of my favorite books, Titans of Dentistry yep. um, by Dr. Justin Short and uh, David Maloey. That one is great. That one got me super pumped up to go into clinic when I first started. <laughs> and then I guess for your um, listeners who aren't familiar, Titans of Dentistry is basically a book that interviews different dentists in the United States and just gives their perspective on different uh, different aspects of dentistry and life. I would read maybe one interview a day before I went to clinic and I would just get pumped up to go in there. That's great. Uh, yeah, I, cool. I got that book too. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. So um, do you have any mentors or do you have any recommendations or I, well, I mean advice on how somebody can acquire one or what to look for in a mentor? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is find someone who's doing what you want to do and then just ask them like, hey, I want to do what you're doing. You know, can you help me get there? Um, I think being humble and just showing your intentions is half the battle. Um, for me, I have you know several mentors. I have some mentors in academia, some that are in private practice, um, some that are faculty or most that are faculty here at the school. Um, and I think it's it's especially important to vibe with them, not only in like a clinical atmosphere, but you know go out to lunch with them, see what they're like, you know, outside of uh, outside of the clinic. Right. Cool. So you, um, I mean, I guess you're able to see the faculty a lot more. How do you kind of reach out to the private practice of mentors? Yeah. So a lot of times when you have um, lunch and learn, sometimes you have a private dentist come in. Uh, for me here, um, I'm part of the Student National Dental Association. So sometimes we'll have guest speakers come in. Um, and if they do, or if they're in private offices, I'll, you know, spark up a conversation, ask if you can shadow them. Um, you can just you can cold call if you really want to. You can send mailers yeah. out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I usually just kind of meet them on campus if they're uh, if they're giving a talk or something. Right. You ever heard of um, Dr. Paul Etchison, Dental yeah. Practice Heroes? Yeah, we, we mm-hmm. talked to him last week. <laughs> we did a podcast with him. Oh, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah, I was I was looking at your guys' podcast uh, before we started today, and I saw that one it was like it was like running like a multi million dollar practice. Yeah, that, yeah. That guy is absolutely killing it. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. I mean, <laughs> I just got his book in the mail deal. today. Yeah. So. <laughs> real life goals so, there. Yeah. Um, are there any CES you plan on taking in the future? Yeah. So for me, at least. After leaving Michigan, biggest things I want to learn are ortho, endo, prost, and implants. And depending on which residency I go to, I'll need to fill in the gaps afterwards. Um, I've heard great thing, great things about Spear, um, um, and then uh, Dawson Academy. Heard that's pretty good as well. But for me, it's at least I have to see where I'm at after I finish my residency. Right. I heard um, Dawson is like one of the most complicated seminars to go to. <laughs> like <laughs> like people go and they just don't even understand it. So, 
All right, Jordan. Well, before we wrap this up, uh, I wanted to ask you one more time for your social media. I know you mentioned your Instagram earlier. If you could repeat that and if you have any other way uh, you would want our followers to reach you. Yeah, for sure. So you guys can follow me on Instagram. That's my main platform. Don't leave on YouTube. Don't really use Facebook like that. Um, and that's uh, at Dr. Skylark. So D-R uh, period and then Skylark, S-K-Y-L-A-R-K. Just like uh, Chip Skylark from the Fairly Odd Barons. Of course. My shiny shiny teeth and me. me. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how can they, one more time, how can they get your ebook? Oh, yeah. Just send me a DM on uh, Instagram saying, hey, heard you on the podcast. So can I have a link to your ebook? And it's totally free. So just let me know and I'll send it to you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jordan. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We've learned a ton from you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Um, is there anything else, any other advice you want to give our listeners before we go? Uh, no, I mean, just, just go for it. Don't be scared to, um, ask for help and just go to, uh, a school or go to a practice or take CE that gives you the biggest opportunity for growth. Right. Growth. It's all about beefing it up. Good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jordan. Awesome. Awesome interview. We appreciate it. Take care. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Thanks. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Jordan Brown, a.k.a. at Dr.Skylark on Instagram. He really dropped some knowledge bombs on us, especially about beefing up the application. Uh, I hope you guys learned a lot. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes. And also share the podcast. And please, if you like the podcast, leave a comment. You know, we always read all the comments and we love getting input from our listeners. So until next week, keep on vibing.